Blog Talk Radio. A restaurant. Tied in from AZ to Davies, you know my thoughts get crazy. My teachers, they couldn't grade me. I know some Haitians in Dade County got toppers in Haiti. She booked a flight to Columbia, made her body amazing. Just to post it on Tumblr, just to fuck up the summer shit. I don't care what you coming with me and hit boy running shit. Big gold rope chains, but they flooded now. Yeah. Pull up with the ghost like a haunted house. She getting scary blood on my hands like Karen. Hey, it's Friday night. Welcome back to another edition of the No Huddle Show. I got my trusty partner, Sam, back with us. Uh, after How's it going, uh, folks? <laughs> coming to you live from Michigan, man. Uh, yes, sir. Monday, buddy. Yeah, man, I apologize. I was out in Beantown watching the Yankees get their sorry asses whooped by uh, by Boston. Aren't you a Yankees fan? Aren't you a I'm Yankees? sorry? Aren't you a Yankees fan, man? Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just saying in general, though, like, you should have seen everybody. They were just going wild. After they won, and um, you know, there's just a bunch of idiots walking up and down, saying "fuck," you know, "fuck New York" and all this other shit. You know, I was like, whatever, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of uh, saying crazy shit, uh, so I, I've been seeing in the news lately. You know, the last couple of days, all this uproar over Dave Chappelle's latest stand-up special. So I decided to check it out, and. I got to say, man, it's a little ridiculous, the level of hate that's being spewed his direction when he's not really saying anything. And he's a, a, he's a, he's a, he's a comedian. So he's supposed to like cross the line and say controversial things. That's what comedians do. At least that's what they, at least that's what the good ones did 25 years ago before we had this nonsense of cancel culture. Wait, before you continue, is there any like, um, like one-sidedness or bias because he's an Ohio native? No, I don't think so. Not for me. Uh, I've been a big fan of Dave Chappelle since, God, I mean, since the mid-90s. And, you know, I, I also defend comics, man. I think comics should be allowed to say shit. They're supposed to offend people. They, they're supposed to – good comics make, kind of make fun of everybody, including themselves. So, you know, I I got some clips here. Um, the biggest I, thing – Just before you play the clips, I just want to say one quick thing, just, you know, on the same topic of comics. Um, I obviously, you know, I'm a diehard um, Seinfeld fan, right? So Seinfeld just popped up on Netflix, and I've been just running through episodes, uh, you know, uh, of Seinfeld. And a lot of the stuff that he says, you know, is just would totally be canceled in today's day and age, you know? Um, It's crazy because he makes fun of people that have mental conditions that are suicidal. It's It's actually hilarious, but in today's day, he would be shunned. Yeah, and it, so here, here's this this person, Jacqueline Moore, this whatever it, it is. Anyways, she is a trans woman, and uh, she works for Netflix, or she is the showrunner uh, for Netflix's show Dear White People, and she's parting ways with Netflix uh, over the jokes that Dave Chappelle told in his uh, special, The Closer. Um, I'm going to play some clips here. Uh, from what he uh, said, um, I, I couldn't get everything, obviously, and we don't have the rights uh, to the uh, special for Netflix. Um, but I, I want to play play some of these clips here, um, where and you tell me after. I, I, I got two clips. The first one um, is a little bit longer. The next one is only about forty five seconds. And then we'll kind of dissect these. All right, here we go. Go ahead, shoot. They canceled people that are more powerful than me. Cancel J.K. Rowling. My God, J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. She sold so many books, the Bible worries about her. And they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a turf. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that Trans people make up words to win arguments. <laughs> so I looked it up. TERF is an acronym. It stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, oh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. Now, I shouldn't speak on this, because I am not a woman. 
nor am I a trans. As we've established, I am a feminist. That's right. I'm Team Turks. I agree. I agree, man. Gender is a fact. You have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this. Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person, Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the Year. Her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit, she's better than all of you. Gender is a fact. This is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on Earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on Earth. That is a fact. And they've canceled. That was the first part, okay? So now here's the other comments that he made that were caused a stir. A lot of the LBGTQ community doesn't know the baby's history. He's a wild guy. He once shot a <laughs> and killed him in Walmart. Oh, this is true. Google it. The baby shot and killed a in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. Do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> In our country, you can shoot and kill a but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. To me, he didn't say anything terrible. Um, I agree. Gender is a fact. You can be a woman if you if you, if you're born a man and you up in one day say you identify with a woman i don't have any problem with that um but that doesn't in fact uh, you know fine we can call transgender women women but gender is a fact it's you're born either male or female uh whatever men mentality you have fine is what you have but you are born male or female uh as far as the baby goes what, he's basically saying look man like this dude shot and killed person at a Walmart and it had no impact on his career yet he went on a five minute rant on stage uh, that the gay community didn't like and then they're trying to cancel him none of these comments to me are controversial uh, why people are up in arms over this over these comments that Dave Chappelle made when he's clearly joking around and doing a set and not saying anything condemning is beyond me man so, like, my thoughts are exactly yours. Everything he said was just funny. You know, it was nothing yeah. else. He wasn't hating on a group. He wasn't pointing out uh, specifics. He was stating his opinions, you know. And I, today's society is just so touchy-feely, and there's they have such thin skin when it comes to any sort of criticism. It's just it's hilarious. They There are armies. Of, and I, I have nothing against people that are part of that community that uh, see themselves as men, seeing themselves as women, and women seeing themselves as men. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with your life. You do whatever it is that you please. But the moment you start formulating unions and groups and people that have voices on the Internet just to shame somebody, at that point you're abusing your power that you've been given. You're not, you're not, you're not, um, you're not uh, abiding by it. Actually, you're not, you're not. Tr you know what? People have this uh, stereotype of feeling towards how a gay or trans person may act or react to what you say. And every person you speak to, they'll be like, everyone's going to be up in arms. Like the moment you you cross the line or say something the other way, it's like it's over. It's all over. You know, and that kind of stereotype is. It's not cool. It's really not cool because you're not helping yourself by, by building that stereotype. No. And there are people literally urging Netflix to pull the show from their platform over these comments. That's absolutely ridiculous because at the end of the day, he's an artist. People need to realize that artists like him, specifically in his industry, he's a comedian, he's a comic. He has to push the envelope as far as he can, he can push it. You know, and at the same time, 
make jokes, you know, to, to make it's funny. And he's not, you know, he, he's not saying anything wrong. He's pointing out facts and he's, and he's formulating the words in his, in his own, you know, message. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, people get so offended when people get, when they get made fun of. Yeah. So he has a joke that I'm going to play here real quick where he, it's, I found it hilarious, and this is, is this, what he's talking about is kind of a sore subject for me. And he, he's discussing about how many people of the of Asian descent have been getting beat up by other by black people. And I'm going to play this clip, but I I thought this was hilarious. And the the thing is, when you have these comedians, you have to not you can't get bent out of shape. You have to kind of look at it and kind of like kind of poke fun of yourself. But I'm, I'm going to play this. Let one. me ask you a quick question before you play it. Has the Asian community been up in arms about that joke? No. Okay. Thank you. Not, the, not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. Okay. Cool. Not a cough, not a booger, not a fever, nothing. Look at me. I am the Magic Johnson of coronavirus. I just sat in the crib and got strong all week. But I was stressed because I kept watching these videos of my beloved black people beating up my beloved Asian people and being so cruel. And the whole time I watched those videos, it was fucked up, but I couldn't help but feel like uh, when I saw these brothers beating these Asians up, it's probably what's happening inside of my body. Okay, that's that's kind of crossed the line. It's hilarious. It's it's funny, but it definitely crossed the line. I think that's more offensive than what he said about the the, the gay and the trans community. To be honest with you, but I just thought it was hysterical, man. And that, I, I just I don't know, man. I think you got to be able to like. I, I'm sure people watch South Park. South Park sits there and makes fun of every single person on earth. Gay people, Asian people. Yeah, they don't. They don't. No one. No one does not. Everyone's on the list. Just upwork. Yeah. Everyone catches it. On the list. I just, dude, it's 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 gotten to the point where just this whole generation is ruining everything. But uh, ah, man, enough about that. That was uh my little rant about that. I I hate the whole cancel culture. Um, people could say, you know, oh well, you're biased because you're a fan of the comic, and if you didn't like him, maybe you feel differently. I I don't I I don't like it either way. Um, so uh, regardless, if you want to call in about this uh, or anything else we talk about, uh, please call in at five six three nine 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 three seven six one. Uh, we got a pretty good show tonight. Um, uh, a lot of stuff to uncover, but uh, first, man, what, this NBA fraud scheme, I, I don't get I can't, it. I cannot understand for the life of me why Tony Allen, Big Baby, uh, some of the, I, the, 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 the unknowns, you're still Sebastian Telfair, and, and these are the unknowns I can understand, but the ones that actually signed and re-signed contracts for more than – a couple of million dollars, like, I, yeah. what are you doing, man? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it, man. Like, I, here's the thing: even, even if they were bench players, they're probably still making eight hundred thousand dollars. Listen, yeah, veterans minimum, right? You yeah. get vets minimum, which is like eight nine hundred k. Like, even now, I think it's like up to one point one or something like that, depending on how long you've been played. They, they increase the minimum based on how many years you play. I played. I, mean, I saw my boy Ruben Patterson. Um, who I know. Right, right. Ruben's another known name, right? Kinda, yeah. Like Ruben Patterson played. I don't know how long he's in the league for, but he played at UC. Okay. Um, he. Uh, I want to say he hung around the league for probably a good seven, eight years. Because actually, I'm looking up his net worth. It has to be longer than that because his net worth is almost thirty million dollars. $30 million, man, is his net worth. And he's over here charging millions of dollars for health care fraud scheme. What is he doing? I, he must have the worst money manager <clears throat> in the business. I mean, all these guys do, though. Here's the thing, man. They get this money at a young age. When they're getting drafted, they're 19, 20, 21 years old. Imagine if you got drafted, Sam, at 20 years old, and they gave you two and a half million dollars at 20 years old. 
And if you don't have a good support system around you, so. Yeah, see, the thing is, my parents, I know, and I'm, you, I'm sure I could say the same for yours. Your parents and my parents just wouldn't let us fuck it up, you know. No, no. It's just, and, and we're, you know, while we're on the topic, and I got an audio clip, too, about the whole NBA fraud, uh, uh, about the case there, but we're on the topic. College athletes now um, are allowed to sign name, image, and likeness deals with places, okay? There is a quarterback for Ohio State named, named Quinn Ewers. He, he just got on campus, but he's not eligible to play this year. He is going to play next year. He hasn't played a down of college football, and he signed a $1.2 million endorsement deal. He is 18 years old. The problem, so, so, so now the NCAA is allowing endorsements for players? Yeah, that they can make money off their name, image, and likeness, the NIL. When you have kids who are being recruited at 15, 16 years old, they're being recruited to these major schools. It's going to happen for basketball, football, whatever. And then they're being told how great they are. Then they get to campus and they're signing these deals before they've even played a down of football or stepped on the court for basketball, whatever. They could easily bust out on the first they year. Bust out, but they have this mentality that they are bigger and better than maybe they are. And they and where does the work ethic come come from? Uh, where does the hard work come in if you're being praised immediately? And no, I, I no, I have to agree with you on that. That's not the right way. And and I think it sounds harsh because I I don't want to say that the athletes don't deserve to get paid. They deserve to get paid. I don't think they should have access to that money unless it's like you should have like a like a appointed. In order to get that money, you have to have like a, like a good money manager that's going to make sure you're not going to mess it all up. Exactly, or take courses in college. Exactly, enforce enforce it. Enforce right? it in uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Escrow. Put it in escrow account. No, or an, an annuity yeah. where it can gain interest, but right. then they're paid out once a year x amount of dollars from that annuity. Let's say twenty five thousand dollars or whatever, and that, that's what they have to live on for the whole year. Because everything else is paid for, right? Your school is paying for dorm, your food, your meal card, your, uh, you know, your classes. Everything is paid for, right? Besides that. So the only thing you might need money for is if you want to go out with your friends, or if you want to, uh, you know, do, you know, buy some clothes, whatever. I'm, I'm sorry, but if if you're cutting me a thirty thousand, if I'm, if all, everything's paid for and you're cutting me thirty thousand, thirty k is more than enough to handle all that. Especially when you're talking about college bars where the drinks are like 99 cents, two bucks. You know what I mean? 50 like, cent beers, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah, come on. But uh, this NBA fraud, I mean, I, I, here's a little bit more uh, info on it. Uh, I'm going to play this clip right now. Eighteen former NBA players were indicted Thursday for allegedly defrauding the league's health care plan by submitting fake medical claims worth millions of dollars. Thanks to the hard work of our law enforcement partners, their alleged scheme has been disrupted and they will have to answer for their flagrant violations of law. U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss said the scheme's linchpin was former New Jersey Nets lottery pick Terrence Williams. Other defendants include former lottery picks such as Sebastian Telfair and Darius Miles, as well as former NBA champions Glenn Big Baby Davis and Tony Allen. Allen's wife was also indicted. The 19 charged defendants submitted approximately $3.9 million in false claims. The plan paid out $2.5 million to the defendants. And Williams received approximately $230,000 in kickbacks. Williams allegedly collected money from his fellow players in exchange for helping them obtain fake invoices for dental work, chiropractic work, and other medical treatments that they never received. For example, the indictment says Greg Smith submitted a claim for nearly $50,000 worth of root canals at a Beverly Hills dentist during a time when he was actually playing abroad in Taiwan. Other players claim to receive identical treatments on identical dates, 
and submitted invoices that contained, quote, unusual formatting, grammatical errors, and in one case, misspelled their purported patient's name. FBI Assistant Director Michael Driscoll said 15 of the 18 players had been arrested as of Thursday at noon. This industry. So they were not, not only defrauding, they were defrauding the league that they played for in the, the insurance policy that the NBA put forth. That's absolutely ridiculous. You're biting the hand that's feeding you. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't they just use the insurance like a normal human being and just get their work done? And they have money. These guys that that have been mentioned have had million-dollar contracts. You know, even the older ones like Darius Miles, his first contract was like five mil or something like that. But whatever it was, you know, he they stay, still made money. Granted, at a young age, maybe they don't have all of it, right? So be yeah. it. So be it. But still, nonetheless, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's crazy. So, you know what I think of when I see this? And I see, like, how we were talking about, like, money management. So, yeah. I think Allen Iverson is like a poster boy for something like that. Because he made a lot of money in his life. He blew most of it. Had it not been for that Reebok deal that was locked up in a trust that he couldn't touch until he was, like, 50 or 55 or whatever it was. Had it not been for that, he would have been in big trouble. Yeah. He would have been in big trouble. But, like, that person forced AI to do that in his career and put away, like, 20 mil and then have it grow. Like, I think it's, like, 100 mil now. I don't know what the payout's going to be. But, nonetheless, it's money for him Yeah. when he's not playing now at this age, right? Yeah. That's just what you have to do, man. I, You know, people aren't going to like it. But, hell, it's the best – It's the I don't know. It's the best thing for them, I, I think, especially until they learn to manage it a little bit better. I mean, even, like, savvy guys get put in the bad deals. Scotty Pippen, prime example. Yeah, absolutely, prime example, 100%. Underpaid um, his entire career pretty much. Yeah, underpaid and then squandered some of the money that he did have. Bought Jets. <clears throat> <laughs> so, uh we're going to go to the baseball playoffs that have started already. Uh, wanted to get your picks uh, for the DS um, series. Um, we have the Red Sox and the Rays. Tampa Bay currently leads the series 1-0. And the White Sox are down 2 nothing to the Astros as the series heads back to Chicago. Um, so we'll start there in the American League. Um, who do you like advancing out of these things? I mean, it's pretty easy to say the Astros right now who are up 2 nothing. Yeah, I would say uh, the Astros are looking like they're in good position to make a move forward. Um, the the Tampa Bay and, and Red Sox series, like, I think we talked about this before, how, like, Tampa Bay is, like, kind of built and structured with a bunch of unknowns, like, like no-namers almost, right? But they have, like, a really solid squad overall. They play team ball. So I think I, I, there could be a chance that, that uh, um, the Red Sox, you know, continue their momentum, like how they ended the season and then got through the wild card, and now they are where they are. They may, they may you know, push it to, you know, seven, and then it could be oh, a – Only five, five games. Five, I, I meant to say five, sorry. Yeah, now, I like um, I like Tampa Bay to advance. I really like Chicago. I, I had Chicago making it to the World Series, but they're them being down to nothing now. It's not insurmountable, and I have seen teams come down from two zero, uh, come back from down two zero before in the in the divisional series. I saw the Giants do it to my beloved Reds, who were up two games to nothing, and uh, went home needing just to win one game, and then they dropped three straight. So. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen, but the Astros look pretty tough. I don't know if they're cheating again. Maybe instead of banging on a trash can, they're banging on a ladder this time around. Uh, who knows? Uh, but uh, I think the Astros are probably good uh, to advance uh, and probably face Tampa Bay in the uh, ALCS. Over in the National League Series, um, currently uh, Milwaukee leads Atlanta one game to nothing. Uh, and the Giants and Dodgers have yet to start. Uh, that first game one is tonight uh, between the Giants and the Dodgers. So who do you like here, Sam? I got to go with the favorites, right? Okay. So And the Dodgers are favorite, right? I, uh, I think so, yeah. Even though the Giants won the division, the Dodgers are technically favorite. Yeah. yeah. They, have a, they have a very – I think the Dodgers are still a – 
legit team. You know, I think yeah. even though they they didn't, uh, you know, they didn't win the division, they are, you know, they're a well-built team. They have, you know, good pitching, good batting, like all across the field. They're 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 pretty good, right? So I have to go with the favorite on that one. Um, I like the Dodgers too. Um. I, I like the Brewers to beat Atlanta. I wouldn't have picked that if Atlanta was fully healthy and they had Ronald Acuna and uh, a few others. But I, I like that Brewers pitching staff, man. They got uh, Corbin Burns. Um, I believe I think that's his name. I apologize to our listeners. Um, but I believe it's um, the name is Corbin, Corbin Burns. They got Freddie Peralta. Uh, Peralta. God, it sounds like a, yeah, Corbin, Corbin Burns. Um, they get some nasty pitches, and they got Josh Hader on the back end. Probably wants a Giants or Dodgers World Series against the Red Sox or the Astros. Uh, what baseball probably doesn't want is a Milwaukee and Tampa Bay World Series. <laughs> right, that's not going to draw a lot of audiences, right? Yeah, not going to draw a lot of audience. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I don't really want to see the Dodgers and Astros. I've seen that already. Seen it already. I've been there. Definitely. I'm kind of tired of seeing the same. It's like, it's almost like watching the Patriots. Like all those years, just kind of just trudged through the season. You're like, oh yeah, there's the Patriots again, thirteen and three, Super Bowl favorites, blah blah blah, right? Yeah. It's kind of turning into that sort of scenario again with the Astros, really. It will, yeah, especially if the Dodgers make the World Series again, and it's kind of not unlike like having uh, the Lakers and Celtics in the '80s. Pretty much, what, uh, six of the NBA finals during the 1980s were between the Celtics and the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. like, you know, you're going to get tired of seeing the two two teams, uh, but we'll we'll see. Um, uh, I, I am excited for playoff baseball. Uh, another thing happening this weekend, we got the big rubber match between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. And Wilder's got a new trainer. Um He's hoping that uh, that can um, get him off to a better start than Fury. Um, Malik Scott is the new uh, trainer for Deontay Wilder. I watched both fights. In the first fight, Fury was having a lot of trouble with Wilder, but he seemed to figure him out in the last three rounds. And if you remember in that first fight, I believe that Wilder, I believe Wilder won. Fury knocked him down late but it wasn't enough to come back on the card. Then in the second fight, Fury absolutely dominated Deontay Wilder. So I'm very curious how this goes, how this plays out. I'm actually excited. Saturday's a jam-packed game of day of sports, man. I got my Michigan-Nebraska game at 7.30 on ABC, and we got the, the fight. So there's going to be a lot to talk about to uncover on our Monday show. But uh, who, who do you like here in the Wilder-Fury uh, fight? So I, I was just reading an article today about how um, you know, Wilder just looks, you know, a lot different, kind of a lot more bulked up, I guess, to pack a bigger punch maybe. And, yeah. you know, that's that's kind of what he wants to – He he's going to hit make the hit. He's going to hit him. That, that's, that's, not, that's not, you know, debatable. That's not a debate yeah. at all. He's definitely going to hit Fury. It's just that Fury just has this uncanny ability to absorb all yeah. that beating. And that really could be genetics, to be completely honest with you. Because yeah. he does not look like he's built for boxing, but his body is built for boxing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's genetics. And Wilder packs a punch, man. You know, he had him yeah. down. And, you know, Fury just can absorb it, I guess. He's got a tough chin. I don't know. So um, if I were to pick, though, I still really, really like the fact that Fury has this awesome reach, man, on Wilder. And um, I think that's going to be a deciding factor because the reach will allow him to kind of keep Wilder at bay and, you know, maybe, you know, you know uncork a couple of long shots. But I like the, I like the reach advantage. You know, I think because he, he's going to now make adjustments based on the last couple of fights, obviously, right? They've fought in each other enough times to now – adjust to different game plans and you know they've seen video of each other training and everything else and you know who knows i i but i like i like fury though i like fury in the fight so i have to apologize uh they fought to a draw the first time deontay wilder and tyson fury okay. draw. um here's the thing 
Fury, man, he is the one that unseated Vladimir Klitschko. Klitschko was basically unstoppable, and in 2000... Yeah, he's like a god in boxing, pretty much. Fury beat Klitschko to, to win the WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO heavyweight titles. Then he went on a cocaine binge and drug fuel binge, and he didn't fight for three years. And then he fought some no-names until Deontay Wilder gave him a shot, and they fought to a draw. And then Fury has fought a few other no-names, and then Wilder again uh, last year decimated Wilder. So Fury's got the goods, man. Um, he, if you look at his record, though, really the biggest names on his record are Vladimir Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. And it's a bunch of people that else that he's beat that are nobody's ever heard of. Um, so I, I am interested to see if, uh, I, I need to ask you since you're, you're the boxing buff, right? So, um, has Joshua fought Wilder? No. Okay. Not. okay. Anthony I Joshua, mean, Joshua just lost. So he did. And he, uh, he was ducking. People said he was ducking Wilder. And if you look at who he fought, he lost to Oleg, Alexander Usyk. I've never heard of Usyk. Okay. I am a boxing buff. And I am sure if I was a little bit more knowledgeable, I would probably have heard of this Olick guy. But he hasn't fought anybody. The biggest names on his list are Marco Marco Huck, Derek Chisora, and Anthony Joshua. Uh, Joshua, I always thought was kind of a fraud, and um, he, you know. He did. He beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2017, two years after Tyson Fury did. Vladimir Klitschko was kind of at the end of his rope at that point in time. Uh, he was an old man. But he hasn't really fought anybody. Uh, he lost to Andy Ruiz earlier. Andy Ruiz looks like he was sitting on a couch eating Cheetos and then jumped off the couch to fight. Like, I just – I don't know, man. I, I like Fury, uh, but I'm going to – I'm gonna go with you, man. I, I'm, I'm picking Fury to 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 win this match, and um, uh, but I am excited to watch it. I, I think I'm gonna order it on Saturday. In fact, you there, Sam? Did we lose? You? I'm sorry, I was talking on mute. Um, yeah, no, I agree. It's gonna be a great fight on Saturday. It's a good. Um, it's definitely a good fight to order. So I would totally say. Um, you know, I would go for it. I'm down to watch this fight, man. Let's go. Let's watch Saturday night. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to go to a new segment uh, that we started uh, that I just came up with today uh, after speaking with my, my wife, who was a guest on the show on Monday. Uh, and we're calling it Reconsidered. Uh, Reconsidered is um, we're going to basically – I'm going to pick an actress or famous female who I once thought was super attractive, but upon further review, uh, I'm reconsidering that take. Uh, so I will go first here, uh, give Sam a chance to, to get uh, his bearings with him. And this is straight because of my wife. Uh, she uh, got me to change my viewpoint. Olivia Wilde is who I'm reconsidering. I'm looking at some of these photos. And I used to think, I was like, man, Olivia Wilde, she's so sexy. She's hot. And then I see her face, and I'm like, oh, she's kind of mannish. She's not as attractive as I remember her. And I remember watching her in the OC and being like, wow, like, who is this? And then seeing her in a couple other movies and shows. And then I'm just like, oh, okay, she's not. She's not as special as I thought, man, and that 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 cuts me to the core. It hurts a little bit. So I have to reconsider Olivia Wilde. So I would definitely probably put her uh, also on my list. But you know what? Um, I, he, one of the one of the uh, ones I would probably reconsider is um, I'm not I'm not saying it like again nothing nothing against the, you know the actress or, or anything at all, but you know, Scarlett Johansson probably what? is like now on a little bit of a regression. I'll be honest with you, a tad bit. You know, we got to push the envelope on the show. So I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm telling you, just you know, a side point view that you know, uh, you know, it, it, who knows? Let's see, let's see where it goes. She's still obviously up there, but I don't know. 
I don't, I'm, I'm at a loss for words right now. I'm just at a loss, man. So just be at a loss then, I guess. <laughs> I don't, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know what to make of that. I, like, she, okay. Uh, all right then. Okay. All right. Well, Sam, Sam coming with the fire on Reconsider on the very first segment of Reconsidered. We have Olivia Wilde and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, if you disagree, the heck- wait, wait, hold on. I want, I, I want to add, I want to add one more that that should be should really belong in the list, and that would be Angelina Jolie. With a, she hasn't aged well. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you Angelina Jolie on that one. Um, I'm okay with that one. I, I, she's got kind of like her face is a little sunken in. She kind of looks like she's from the show. She kind of looks now like the Corpse Bride, and uh, yeah, a little bit like Cruella. Actually, like she actually looks like Cruella. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, that one, that one, I'm okay with. I'm, I'm okay. I, I agree with that one. Uh, so that was reconsidered, guys. Uh, if you think we are dumb. Or if we've ruined your masturbatory dreams, please let us know. Call in at 563-999-3761. So, you know, we are actually, you know, this show is flying by. We we only have about 23 minutes left, and we got so much more to cover, including the NFL and Urban Meyer. Uh, I just want to talk real quick about college football. Uh, Sam, I know this isn't uh, super your expertise, but we got a couple big games this week uh, coming up. Um, including, you know, the losers bracket, Arkansas and Ole Miss, after they both got trounced uh, by Alabama and Georgia, respectively. Uh, we have the Red River rivalry, which is Oklahoma versus Oh, man, I love that. I, I absolutely love that rivalry. It's been going on for such a long time. And whether the teams are relevant or not, it's a good – it's like a feel-good game of the year for both teams. Like, if they're, even if they're doing bad, which – they're usually not doing too bad, right? They're usually, you know, within striking distance of some bowl game, right? So um, it's a great, it's a great uh, feel-good game for both both the schools. You know, you know, a win in that game could be a win for the season, even if they don't make a bowl, right? Yeah, it's like, well, and they're both making bowls. I mean, Oklahoma's ranked number six in the country. Texas is ranked twenty-first. They'll both make bowls, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a good way to kick off Saturday at noon. Uh, it's, it's a, you know, I'll look forward to it. Um, we got Iowa and Penn State at four. That's number three Iowa playing uh, number four Penn State, and then the kicker, man, my Huskers at home against Michigan, who I despise. And Sam was with me. In Scott Frost's first season, we had tickets up. Uh, Nebraska went to play at the Big House in Michigan and absolutely got throttled. I think we left at halftime to go eat pizza and drink some more because we were blocked in and we couldn't. Get yeah, out. we we ended up chilling with those homies on the corner, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, man. Who were a little sketchy. I was a little weary that they were going to end up like, you know, shooting us and taking our wallets and then stuffing us into uh, canisters uh, of acid. Right. <laughs> but you know what? That was that was the year that that Arthur's Steakhouse was given away, um, like a discount on on you know how much Michigan they won by. Many, they won by or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Rutgers got like walloped badly. Yeah, like Sixty-two to seven or something. Yeah. Yeah. In, like, it, I think it was in the sixties, bro. To be honest yeah. with you. What's that? It was in the sixties. Yeah. The score. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. That was a bad, bad day for Rutgers football. Um, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to some college football. Uh, I actually enjoyed- Saturday is jam packed day. You got the Huskers in the in the afternoon, and then you got the the fight at night, right? Yep, it's, it's gonna be a good day for sports, man. I, you know, we'll we'll just tell the wives that we're working, right? This is our job, so we have to watch these things because we have to be let's, able. To talk. Let's hope neither one of the wives are listening to this podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> if you're one of the wives, please you don't call in. <laughs> That's the plan. We'll see if it works. <laughs> um, NFL-wise, man, uh, we're coming up week five. Urban Meyer has lost his team already. You're not even in week five, and and I think Urban Meyer has lost his team. And I don't know if you saw the video. 
But yeah, I, I actually did. Can I can I bring up a different, like a little bit of a a, a, a tangent type of viewpoint on on the video? It. Yeah, go for it. So, so Urban Meyer, um, he uh, works for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're owned by Shad Khan, who is actually a foreigner. Uh, uh, granted, a liberal Westernized foreigner because his son runs AEW. Um, you know, still, still, right? Um, to foreigners, something like that is like a disrespectful, disgraceful, like kind of thing to be, you know, caught doing. Really, you know, it's as bad as like kind of shaming, you know, the entire organization almost, right? And the thing, and the reason why I say that is because, um, unlike, uh, you know, unlike Western culture, Eastern culture is a little bit more regressed, and they're a little bit more, um, you know sheltered i guess you know um in the sense where uh things like this scenarios like this right so that's the reason why i say that should have been even more of a reason for him to not do that you know you have to know the organization you kind of work for and the people that actually own the goddamn company yeah well and not only that like the players broke a huddle saying grind okay then, uh, if you didn't know about this, uh, the Jaguars uh, players, um, uh, they were talking to the media, okay, and one player told Michael Silver um, that Urban has zero credibility in the stadium, and he had very little to begin with. Players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar or the videos of him and a young woman getting cozy in an Ohio bar. He, yeah, he should have used that, that, that meeting to address it with the team and apologize yeah. to the team, right? Yeah. And so he canceled the team meeting because he was too scared, a player said. Uh, Meyer only apologized to position groups individually, not the whole team, and he portrayed the woman in the video as a random person who was just there dancing. Uh, Come on, man. Man, everybody saw that. Everybody saw the video. Everyone saw where his hands were. Come on, dude. Yeah. Who are you trying to fool? The the players were highly skeptical and said one player, we looked at him like, what the the F? Right when he left, everyone's – right as he left the room, everybody in the – all the players started dying laughing, and he knew it. He has lost this team five weeks in. He will not make it through this season. He's gone. He has he has to be gone after one season. I don't care I, unless Jacksonville comes roaring back and wins like eleven games in a row and makes the playoffs. If, if Urban Meyer goes three, uh, that's like seventeen games now. So if he goes three and fourteen, he, he, there's no way he's coming back. Is there? Is, do you see any scenario in which Urban Meyer is? back as head coach of Jacksonville next year. No, I don't. And see, the thing, it's, too, it's a two, and now it, to me, it seems like a little bit more of a two-pronged, uh, you know, uh, effect. He didn't have the, des- the right desire, the right motive to actually coach the team the right, in the right way. So you were telling me that just because of mental or inability to, to have success and things like that is going to cause him to leave. But now with this video coming up and him not having any control of the locker room, I could see the front office saying bye bye after one year. Yeah. I, I, and so it goes from him leaving to like him getting fired now, basically. Yeah. He he's not cut out for the college. He's not cut out for the pro game. Uh, he has too much of an ego on him. And when you're a when you're a pro coach, you cannot have an ego because those players they all make more money than you, and these players can smell BS from a mile away and urban has an ego on him and urban is used to dealing with college kids and used to being able to get them in line. And he's used to being, yeah, able to- he can boss them. The college kids around. He can't boss grown men around. That's no. the difference, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, more news. Um, uh, we have Russell Wilson, um, possibly looking at man. His finger looked bad. It did look bad, and they're saying he could miss six to eight weeks after surgery. That, yeah, that's even if he got surgery like last night, <laughs> you know, that is still a long time, right? Gino's With Geno fucking Smith, the West Virginia product. No, there's no. Oops, sorry guys. Uh, there's no chance in hell the Seahawks are making the playoffs this year. Not that division. No way. Absolutely not. 
No way. Unless, you know, if, if Russell Wilson's gone, let's say, let's say it's at max, he's gone eight eight weeks and he misses eight games. Unless Geno Smith can go five and three in those games, at least it keeps their head above. Water. Can you pull up their their schedule the next eight weeks? I have not really checked at their schedule and, and seen, but I'm sure it's brutal. Let's see. Uh, I know they got Detroit – or not Detroit. They have Pittsburgh next Sunday night. That game should be flexed out of the Sunday night slot. Let's just be honest. That game, there's no – Oh, yeah. Ben Ben is also hurt, too. So, you know, you actually might see Geno Smith and, like, Dwayne Haskins play. Oh, God. Yeah, let's flex that one out. Let's put that game at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Um, Here we go. I'd move it to London if possible right now. (laughs) Emergency move to London. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody cares. Let's put it on at 9.30 in the morning. Somebody will watch it. Um, at Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Jacksonville, by at Green Bay, Arizona, at Washington. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, and then San Francisco. That's their eight weeks. So, there's a bye game mixed in there. I, I think Geno's probably good enough to, to beat Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. Three games. Three, I give him three in that list. Three games. Yeah. Yeah, but three. But unfortunately, with them already being two and three, if they go, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If they go, if they go three and four in that time frame, that puts them at five and seven, and it's they're gonna have to almost win out to make the playoffs to have a shot at the playoffs. Um. So, I, I, and here's the other problem. They, Seattle doesn't have their first round pick next year. They've dealt a lot of their yep. first pick. It's gone. I think the Jets got. No, wait, the Jets actually cashed in on theirs already. Yes. So the Seahawks don't have the number one pick next year. If this team tanks and goes, let's say, 5 and 12. You're talking about a top ten pick that's gone. Going away. Oh my God, that's terrible. And I, I just, I don't know, man. Wait, who are they giving it to? Their first round. Who owns? Let's see. Who owns Seattle's? If we had a producer uh, on this show, uh, we would have. He would have been Johnny on the spot with it. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Who owns the pick? Yeah. I'm gonna watch Saving Private Ryan tonight. Are you? Uh, yeah. Round one, the Jets have it. Yes. I knew it was the Jets. I was hoping it was the Jets. I thought it was from Jamal Adams, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is the Jamal Adams. They gave him two first rounders, I think. So they gave him twenty to twenty-one first round pick, which turned into Christian Garrisol. Oh no, twenty twenty-one. Never mind. That was something different. Okay, so it looks like yeah, the Jets. The Jets are probably going to have two top ten picks next year. That's awesome. That's uh, It's likely, right? Because I, I don't see a scenario in which the Jets win more than five games this year. I, I think – So I had him I had him at – I had him, like, optimistically at six. Yeah. But honestly, it's probably five. You're right. Yeah. I, I thought they might – early, I thought they might. But now let's, let's say – I'll say this. Their schedule gets easier in the back half. They're probably going to beat Atlanta in London because Atlanta is going to be without uh, Russell Gage and Calvin Ridley, okay? So I think they're going to beat Atlanta in London. Then they get to buy. Then they got to play at New England and Cincinnati. Uh, They get Cincinnati at home. Those are likely losses. Uh, Same with going to at Indianapolis and then then playing Buffalo. But then you get Miami at Houston, Philadelphia, New Orleans at Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay at Buffalo. So I, I can see them snagging a win against one of the wins against the Dolphins, probably be probably beating Houston, maybe beating Jacksonville. You know that that actually would put them uh, if they beat Atlanta. That actually that's four more wins. That would probably put them at six wins this year, right? And so then if you are a Jets, you're a Jets fan. If they have two top ten picks, do you do you want to see everything to help out Zach Wilson, or do you want a defensive player and an offensive player? I will still go with everything for 
um, for Zach. Okay. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Um, look, I was down on Zach um, after the first couple of games. I was thinking it was going to be the same old Jets, right? Yeah. And I keep forgetting the guy's a rookie. I can't expect him to know, to know everything and to do everything to, you know, um, always make the right decision. I, those are unreal expectations. Yeah. But that throw to Corey Davis, 53 yards, like a, right in the bread basket, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of quarterback, you know, that I want, you know. Right. He, he had Tyler Croft open for like a 10-yard. Yeah. He went with the, the the tougher throw. I like that, man. I like that mentality. I'll say this. The wide receiver class isn't as deep as it was last year, but there are some really good players that are going to be coming out. I'm telling you, if they have two top ten picks, they can probably snag Chris Olave with the second of the picks, and then they can take probably the best offensive lineman at wherever they fall out with their first pick. You know, it, it really depends on how the draft works out because um, you have to see how it pans out. They could even sell one of their first rounders, you know, honestly. Or just down if they felt like yeah, they if they, if, exactly. If they could get somebody else at a lower position. Yeah. They could leverage that and take advantage of it. That's the benefit of having two first top ten, you know, two picks in the top ten, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, because there will be teams that will be starved for certain positions, um, whether it be O line, whether it be D line, whether it be linebacker. Actually, linebackers probably won't go high. Edge rushers might go high, right? Yeah, edge rushers tend to go pretty high. Yeah. yeah. So, we got about 10 minutes left. Let's get into our picks for this week. I went an awful 2-3 and three last week, and you went, surprisingly, 3-2. and two. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I got both the, the New York calls, right? <laughs> New York calls, both New York calls and the Redskins call, correct? Yep. And so, and we were both wrong on the Rams um, and the Panthers. Uh, so, three, you should have been 4-1 and because you originally picked the Cowboys. And then you change yeah. after yeah. after me. So, um, all right. First game we're going to call uh, is Cincinnati, Green Bay. Green Bay is three-point favorites on the road. So we spoke about this, you know, about how, you know, home is supposed to give you an automatic, what, two-and-a-half, three? Yeah, three-point advantage. Yeah, yep. so, so if they're saying Green Bay's favorite three – that's actually really like a six-point swing, right? Almost. Yeah. yeah. So, look, man, Cincy's D is for real. They're they're playing good. They've kept all-stars, you know, pro bowlers in check. Um, I think that they will be exposed this week. Uh, I think that the Packers will win by three or more. Okay, so you're taking Packers minus three. Yeah, and, and the other reason why is that they actually – bulked up there, I think, and I believe Jalen Smith is going to be playing this week. Um, well, their weakest position on defense is, is now stocked with a 2019 Pro Bowler. Yeah. I am going to go with the Bengals plus three. Right, and, and rightfully as you should because you, if it gets into a shootout, you're not worried because you have weapons on your side. You have Chase, you have Boyd, you have um, T. Higgins, right? Yep. So you have a lot of firepower on your side. Mixon is not going to play, but you yeah. have Project Perrine. Per- yeah, yeah, you have Perrine, and you have uh, Chris Evans back yeah. out. I I don't know. This it's tricky for me, but this is, if the Bengals want to be a playoff team, this is they got to beat the good teams. They can't just beat up. Right, right. And this is not even just a good team. This is a great team based on the person that's quarterbacking them. To be honest with you, exactly, exactly. So this is kind of a prove it game for Cincinnati. Um, I think they're going to escape with the upset win, though. I really do. Um, so For your sake, I hope so. I genuinely hope so because I, I wouldn't want, you know, um, I wouldn't want someone to be like, yeah, I hope the Jets fucking lose, even though they're, you know, uh, not rooting for the other team. Like, I'm not a Packers fan, so I'm going to make yeah. sure that, you know, I also root for you. I, I hope the, the Bengals do pull it out. Um. Let's see. We're find another interesting game here. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised at the point spread for this one. So let's go. Let's go with this one because it's a pretty high point spread. Uh, it's Lions at the Vikings, and the Vikings are ten point home favorites. So here's the deal. Can I tell you something? I hate divisional matchups. 
Yeah. I hate it. And because, you know what, I think they're trap games. Yes, they're 10-point favorites, and yes, Detroit's god-awful. But, dude, they, they kept the Ravens to, like, 19 points, you know. Uh, who knows? Who, who knows what the hell might happen, right? That took a miracle for the for the Vikings to or for the Lions to lose that game. It took a it took a. So I don't think I don't think the Vikings are going to win by ten. I'm right. take, taking Lions. Lions plus ten. Okay. Yep. Dude, I'm with you. Lions plus ten. It's a divisional game. It's not that the Lions are god awful. They played guys. They played teams tough. They had a couple bad breaks. Uh, they they almost beat San Francisco week one. They came back. Exa- exa- exactly. Exactly. It, they did. They did. They showed some. They're showing life. They have. They have some weapons, right? Swift is good. Williams is good. Uh, Quentin Cephas is good. They have a decent receiving core. Their secondary is depleted. That's their problem. Yeah. They're, they're picking deep. guys off of practice squads because they lost their their uh, first round pick. Um, and then is Jeff Akuda back? No, he's out for the season. There, uh, there, uh, there you yeah. go. No All secondary. Right. Zero secondary. So I mean, it's going to be a high scoring affair, but. I feel like within I forget T.J. Hawkinson, another you know up and coming yeah. star, right? They got a little bit of firepower on their side. Decent, decent. Uh, um, uh, let's go with the Chargers and the Browns. The Chargers are two point home favorites over the. Chiefs. Okay, that's really strange because the Chargers actually had like a couple of good. Their last couple of games were actually pretty damn good. Um, I'm surprised that they're not favored a little bit higher. Over the Browns, really? Yeah, I'm go. You you picked this one. I did the last two in a row, so you go. I honestly, man, that defense. I like the Browns here. I know Herbert. I think is a better quarterback than um, Baker, and I know Baker has had his struggles, but he's been getting called out all week as, over this fiasco against Minnesota. I, I, I there's no chance that I see him. Uh, basically, you know, not having a good game there. I think Miles Garrett is going to get after Justin Herbert a little bit. I like the Browns. So here's my here's my thing. Uh, you know, going back to uh, Mayfield is a bit injured. You know, he's got yeah. like a torn labrum or something like that in his non-throwing shoulder. So um, he's uh, granted it won't affect mobility too much unless he's doing cross, like he's running across and he's trying to get balance. Because you, regardless of whether you throw with what arm, you need the other arm to give you balance to, yeah. to land it, to be accurate, right? So, and they actually do still, I mean, they have, uh, you know, Joey Bosa, you know, who tacked, uh, sacked up, he had two and a half sacks and like three hits last. You know, the Chargers can actually get after um, Baker as well, you know. Um, their run game, uh, what I like about their run game is that they have a big safety in Derwin James who can come in and, and hit, hit, he's a hard hitter. You know, he, he could do, he plays like a linebacker, but he's as fast as a safety, right? Uh, as a corner almost, right? So I like, I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers to, to, to plus two to beat Baker and, and, and the Browns. All right, we got to roll through these. Uh, next one, Arizona and San Francisco. Arizona, five-point home favorites over San Fran. Uh, Another divisional game. Why are you picking divisional games, bro? Because these are some of the best games that uh, with the best spreads. Okay, so San Francisco, I actually like plus five over here. I think they're going to deal the Cardinals their first loss. I have to agree with you on that, and I think they're going to get after Kyler early. They're going to hit him. Um, yeah, I, I I like this matchup for San Francisco. They've always had um, a leg up, you know, all these years on these other NFC teams. You know, the Seahawks, the the Rams when they were terrible, and, and even the Cardinals when they were bad, right? So. Yeah. All right, last game. Bears-Raiders. Raiders are five-and-a-half-point home favorites. So, no Montgomery. Justin Fields getting his official first start. He was terrible in the last game. Five-point favorites for the Raiders. I think the Raiders are fraud. Raiders are fraud. I'm going to go with Chicago. Bears, okay. At plus five, okay. Plus 5.5, sorry, five-and-a-half. Uh, I still like the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders had a bad game uh, recently on Monday night. Uh, I think Derek Carr is motivated. I like the Raiders minus five here um, uh, because I think the Bears are shit and Matt Nagy is shit. <laughs> Didn't you draft Justin Fields? 
I did, and I was wrong. I was loud wrong about Justin Fields. So <laughs> it was a bad pick. Okay, it was a bad call. Oh wait, on a, on a real quick note, I am actually three and one in both my leagues. Go fuck yourself. Heyo. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all the time we have for Friday. Thank you for joining us. We will be back uh, with a new show on Monday evening. With a lot of a lot of stuff from Saturday's action, yeah. right? There's going to be a lot to unpack. So thanks again for joining us, guys. Have a good night. Take us out.